Chapter Sixteen of the Mysteries of Paris, Volume Four by Eugène Sue. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Happiness of Meeting. Before the reader is made acquainted with the denouement of the drama then passing in Nicolas's boat, we shall beg leave to retrace our steps. Shortly after Fleur de Marie had quitted Saint Lazare in company of Madame Seraphin, La Louve also left that prison thanks to the recommendations of madame armand and the governor who were desirous of recompensing her for her kindness towards mont-saint-jean the few remaining days the beloved of martial had still to remain in confinement were remitted her a complete change had come over this hitherto depraved degraded and intractable being forever brooding over the description of the peaceful wild and retired life so beautifully depictured by fleur de marie la louve entertained the utmost horror and disgust of her past life to bury herself with martial in the deep shades of some vast forest such was her waking and dreaming thought the one fixed idea of her existence against which all her former evil inclinations had in vain struggled when separating herself from la goualeuse whose growing influence she feared this singular creature had retired to another part of st lazare to complete this sincere though rapid conversion still more assured by the ineffectual resistance attempted by the perverse and forward habits of her companion fleur de marie following the dictates of her own natural good sense had thus reasoned la louve a violent and determined creature is passionately fond of martial she would then hail with delight the means of quitting the disgraceful life she now for the first time views with shame and disgust for the purpose of entirely devoting herself to the rude unpolished man whose taste she so entirely partakes of and who seeks to hide himself from the world as much from inclination as from a desire of escaping from the universal reprobation in which his family is viewed assisted by these small materials gleaned during her conversation with la louve fleur de marie in giving a right direction to the unbridled passion and restraining the daring hardihood of the reckless creature had positively converted a lost wretched being into an honest woman for what could the most virtuous of her sex have desired more than to bestow her undivided affections on the man of her choice to dwell with him in the silence and solitude of woods where hard labour privations and poverty would all be cheerfully borne and shared for his dear sake to whom her heart was given and such was the constant ardent prayer of la louve relying on the assistance which fleur de marie had assured her of in the name of an unknown benefactor la louve determined to make her praiseworthy proposal to her lover not indeed without the keen and bitter apprehension of being rejected by him for la goualeuse while she brought her to blush for her past life awakened her to a just sense also of her position as regarded martial once at liberty la louve thought only of seeing her man as she called him he took exclusive possession of her mind she had heard nothing of him for several days in the hopes of meeting him in the Ile du Ravageur, and with the determination of waiting there until he came, should she fail to find him at first, she paid the driver of a cabriolet liberally to conduct her with all speed to the bridge of Asnières, which she crossed about a quarter of an hour before Madame Séraphin and Fleur de Marie, they having walked from the barrier, had reached the banks of the river near the lime kilns. As Martial did not present himself to ferry la Louve across to the Ile du Ravageur, she applied to an old fisherman named Father Ferraud, who lived close by the bridge it was about four o'clock in the day when a cabriolet stopped at the entrance of a small street in the village of asnières la louve leaped from it at one bound threw a five-franc piece to the driver and proceeded with all haste to the dwelling of old ferraud the ferryman 
la louve no longer dressed in her prison garb wore a gown of dark green merino a red imitation of cashmere shawl with large flaming pattern and a net cap trimmed with riband her thick curly hair was scarcely smoothed out her impatient longing to see martial having rendered an ordinary attention to her toilette quite impossible any other female would after so long a separation have exerted her very utmost to appear becomingly adorned at her first interview with her lover but la louve knew little and cared less for all these coquettish arts which ill accorded with her excitable nature her first her predominating desire was to see her man as quickly as possible and this impetuous wish was caused not alone by the fervour of a love which in minds as wild and unregulated as hers sometimes leads on to madness but also from a yearning to pour into the ear of martial the virtuous resolutions she had formed and to reveal to him the bright vista of happiness opened to both by her conversation with fleur de marie the flying steps of la louve soon conducted her to the fisherman's cottage and there seated tranquilly before the door she found father ferraud an old white-headed man busily employed mending his nets even before she came close up to him la louve cried out quick quick father ferraud your boat your boat what is it you my girl well how are you i have not seen you this long while i know i know but where is your boat and take me across to the isle as fast as you can row my boat well to be sure now how very unlucky as if it was to be so bless you my girl it is quite out of my power to ferry you across to-day but why why is it why you see my son has taken my boat to go up to the boat races held at st ouen bless your heart i don't think there's a boat left all along the river's side destruction exclaimed la louve stamping her foot and clenching her hand then all is lost i shall not be able to see him upon my honour and word it's true though said old ferraud i am extremely sorry i am unable to ferry you over because no doubt while you're going on so he is very much worse who is much worse who why martial martial exclaimed la louve snatching the sleeve of the old ferraud's jacket my man ill bless me did you not know it martial do you mean martial to be sure i do but don't hold me so tight you'll tear my blouse now be quiet there's a good girl i declare you frighten me you stare about so wildly ill martial ill how long has he been so oh two or three days tis false he would have written and told me of it had it been so ah uh, but then don't you see he's been too bad to handle a pen too ill to write and he is on the isle are you quite sure quite sure he is there why i'll tell you you must know this morning i meets the widow martial now you are aware my girl that most in general when i notice her coming one way i make it my business to go to the other for i am not particular fond of her i can't say i am so then but my man my man tell me of him wait a bit i'm coming to him so when i found i couldn't get away from the mother and to speak the honest truth that woman makes me afraid to seem to slight her she has a sort of an evil look about her like one as could do you any manner of harm for only wishing for i can't account for it i don't know what it is for i'm not timorous by nature 
but somehow the widow martial does downright scare me well says i thinking just to say a few words and pass on i haven't seen anything of your son martial these last two or three days says i i suppose he's not with you just now upon which she fixed her eyes upon me with such a look tis well they were not pistols or they would have shot me as folks say you drive me wild and then what said she father ferrault was silent for a minute or two and then added come now you are a right sort of girl if you will only promise me to be secret i will tell you all i know concerning my man ay to be sure for martial is a good fellow though somewhat thoughtless and it would be a sore pity should any mischance befall him through that old wretch of a mother or his rascally brother but what is going on what have his mother or brother done and where is he eh speak i tell you speak well well have a little patience and i say do just let my blouse alone come take your hands off there's a good girl if you keep interrupting me and tear my clothes in this way i shall never be able to finish my story and you will know nothing at last oh how you try my patience exclaimed la louve stamping her foot with intense passion and you promise never to repeat a word of what i am about to tell you no no i never will upon your word of honour father ferrault you will drive me mad oh what a hot-headed girl it is well now then this is what i have got to say but first and foremost i must tell you that martial is more than ever at variance with his family and if he were to get some foul play at their hands i should not be at all surprised and that makes me the more sorry my boat is not at hand to help you across the water for if you reckon upon either nicolas or calabash taking you over to the isle while you'll just find yourself disappointed that's all i know that as well as you do but what did my man's mother tell you he was in the isle then when he fell ill was he not don't you put me out so with your questions let me tell my story my own way this morning i says to the widow why says i i have seen nothing of martial these last two or three days i mark his boat is still moored he don't seem to use it as usual i suppose he's gone away a bit maybe he's in paris upon business upon which the widow gave me oh such a devil's look so says she he's bad a bed in the aisle and we don't look for him to get better oh oh says i to myself that's it is it it's three days since hola stop i say cried old ferrault interrupting himself where the deuce are you going what is the girl after now believing the life of martial in danger from the inhabitants of the isle and unable longer to endure the twaddle of the old fisherman la louve rushed half frantic with rage and fear towards the banks of the seine some topographical descriptions will be requisite for the perfect understanding of this ensuing scene the Ile du Ravageur was nearer to the left bank of the river than it was to the right, from which Fleur de Marie and Madame Séraphin had embarked. La Louve stood on the left bank. Without being extremely high, the surface of the isle completely prevented those on one side the river from seeing what was passing on the opposite bank. 
thus la louve had been unable to witness the embarkation of la goualeuse while the martial family had been equally prevented from seeing la louve who at that very instant was rushing in wild desperation along the banks of the other side of the river let us also recall to the reader that the country-house belonging to dr griffon and temporarily occupied by the count saint-remy was midway between the land and that part of the shore where la louve arrived half wild with apprehension and impatience unconsciously she rushed past two individuals who struck with her excited manner and haggard looks turned back to watch her proceedings these two personages were the count saint-remy and dr griffon the first impulse of la louve upon learning the danger which threatened her lover was to hurry towards the spot from whence the peril proceeded but as she reached the water's edge she became painfully sensible of the difficulties that stood in the way of her reaching the opposite land as the old fisherman had assured her she well knew the folly of expecting any strangers to pass by and none of the martial family would take the trouble of rowing over to fetch her to the isle heated and breathless her eyes sparkling with eager excitement she stopped opposite that point of the isle which taking a sudden bend in this direction was the nearest approach from the shore through the leafless branches of the willows and poplars la louve could see the roof of the very house where martial perhaps lay dying at this distracting idea la louve uttered a wild cry of desperation then snatching off her shawl and cap she slipped out of her gown and undressed as she was to her petticoat she threw herself intrepidly into the river waited until she got out of her depth and then fearlessly striking out she swam determinedly towards the isle affording a strange spectacle of wild and desperate energy at each fresh impulsion of the arms the long thick hair of la louve unfastened by the violent exercise she was using shook and waved about her head like the rich mane of a war-horse but for the fixedness of her gaze constantly riveted on the house which contained martial and the contraction of her features drawn together by almost the convulsive agonies of fear and dreadful anticipation of arriving too late the poacher's mistress might have been supposed to have been merely enjoying the cool refreshment of the water for her own sport and diversion so boldly and freely did she swim tattooed in remembrance of her lover her white but sinewy arms strong as those of a man divided the waters with a stroke which sent the sparkling element in rushing streams of liquid pearls over her broad shoulders and strong expansive chest resembling a block of half-submerged marble all at once from the other side of the isle rose a cry of distress a cry of agony at once fearful and despairing la louve started and suddenly stopped in a rapid course then supporting herself with one hand with the other she pushed back her thick dripping hair and listened again the cry was repeated but more feebly supplicatory convulsive and expiring and the most profound silence reigned around tis martial tis his cry he calls me to his aid exclaimed la louve swimming with renewed vigour for in her excited state of mind the voice which had rent the air and sent a pang through her whole frame seemed to her to be that of her lover the count and the doctor whom la louve had rushed so quickly by were quite unable to overtake her in time to prevent her daring attempt but both arrived immediately opposite the isle at the moment when those frightful cries were heard both stopped as perfectly shocked and startled as la louve had been observing the desperate energy with which she battled with the water they exclaimed the unfortunate creature means to drown herself but their fears were in vain martial's mistress swam like an otter and with a few more vigorous strokes 
the intrepid creature had reached the land she gained her feet and to assist her in climbing up the bank she took hold of one of the stakes used as a sort of protecting stockade at the extremity of the isle when at that instant as partially in the water and holding on by one hand she saw drifting along the form of a young female dressed after the fashion of the country girls who come to paris with their wares the body floated slowly on with the current which drove it against the piles while the garments served to render it buoyant to cling to one of the strongest stakes and with the hand left free to snatch at the clothes of the female as it was passing was the instantaneous impulse of la louve an impulse executed as rapidly as conceived in her extreme eagerness however she drew the unfortunate being she sought to save so suddenly and violently towards her and within the small enclosure formed by the piles that the body sunk completely under water though here it was shallow enough to walk to land gifted with skill and strength far from common la louve raised la goualeuse for she it was although not as yet recognized by her late friend took her up in her powerful arms as though she had been a child and laid her on the grassy banks of the isle courage courage shouted m saint-remy from the opposite side having as well as dr griffon witnessed this bold deliverance we will make all haste to cross the bridge of asnières and bring a boat to your assistance after thus speaking both the count and his companion proceeded as quickly as they were able in the direction of the bridge but la louve heard not the words addressed to her let us again repeat that from the right bank of the seine on which nicolas calabash and their mother assembled after the commission of their atrocious crime it was impossible owing to its steepness to observe what was passing on the opposite shore fleur-de-marie abruptly drawn by la louve within the piles having first sunk completely from the eyes of her murderers was thus in safety from any further pursuit on their part they believing that she had effectually perished a few instants after the current as it swept by carried with it a second body floating near the surface of the water but la louve perceived it not it was the corpse of madame seraphin the notary's femme de charge she however was perfectly dead it was as much the interest of nicolas and calabash as it was of jacques ferrand to remove so formidable a witness as well as sharer of their crime seizing the opportunity therefore when the boat sunk with fleur-de-marie to spring into that rowed by his sister and in which madame seraphin he contrived to give the small vessel so great a shock as almost threw the femme de charge into the water and while struggling to recover herself he managed to thrust her overboard and then to finish her with his boat-hook breathless and exhausted la louve kneeling on the grass beside fleur-de-marie tried to recover her strength and at the same time to make out the features of her she had saved from certain death who can describe her surprise her utter astonishment as she recognized her late prison companion she who had exercised so beneficial an influence on her mind and produced so complete a change in her conduct and ideas in the first bewilderment of her feelings even martial was forgotten la goualeuse exclaimed she as with head bent down her hair dishevelled her garments streaming with wet she kneeling contemplated the unhappy girl stretched almost dying before her on the grass pale motionless her half-closed eyes vacant and senseless her beautiful hair glued to her pallid brows her lips blue and livid her small delicate hands stiff and cold la goualeuse might well have passed for dead to any but the watchful eye of affection la goualeuse again cried la louve what a singular chance that i should have come hither to relate to my man all the good and harm she has done me with her words and promises as well as the resolution i have taken 
and to find the poor thing thus to give me the meeting poor girl she is cold and dead but no no exclaimed la louve stooping still more closely over fleur de marie and as she did so finding a faint indeed almost imperceptible breath escape her lips no she lives merciful father she breathes and tis i have snatched her from death i who never yet saved any one oh how happy the thought makes me my heart glows with a new delight how thankful i feel that none but i saved her ha but my man i must save him also perhaps he is even now in his death throes his mother and brother are even wretches enough to murder him what shall i do i cannot leave this poor creature here i will carry her to the widow's house she must and she shall succour the poor goualeuse and let me see martial or i will smash everything in my way no mother brother or sister shall hinder me from going wherever my man is and springing up as she spoke la louve raised fleur de marie in her strong arms charged with this slender burthen she hurried towards the house never for a moment doubting that in spite of their hard and wicked natures the widow and her daughter would bestow on fleur de marie every requisite care when martial's mistress had reached that point of the isle from which both sides of the seine were distinguishable nicolas his mother and calabash had quitted the place certain of the accomplishment of their double crime they then repaired in all haste to the house of bras rouge at this moment a man who hidden in one of the recesses of the river concealed by the lime-kiln had without being seen himself witnessed the whole progress of this horrible scene also disappeared believing as well as the guilty perpetrators that the fell deed had been fully achieved this man was jacques ferrand one of nicolas's boats was rocking to and fro more to a stake on the river-bank just where madame seraphin and la goualeuse had embarked scarcely had jacques ferrand quitted the lime-kiln to return to paris than monsieur de saint-remy and dr griffon hastily crossed the bridge of asnières for the purpose of reaching the isle which they contemplated doing by means of nicolas's boat which they had discerned from afar to the extreme astonishment of la louve when she arrived at the house in the île du ravageur she found the door shut and fastened placing the still inanimate form of fleur de marie beneath the porch she more closely examined the dwelling the window of martial's chamber was well known to her what was her surprise to find the shutters belonging to it closed and sheets of tin nailed over them strongly secured from without by two bars of iron suspecting a part of the cause of this la louve in a loud hoarse voice of mingled fury and deep tenderness screamed out as loudly as she could martial my man no answer was returned terrified at this silence la louve began pacing round and round the house like a wild beast who scents the spot whither her mate has been entrapped and with deep roars and savage growls demands admittance to him still pursuing her agitated search la louve kept shouting from time to time my man are you there my man and in her desperate fury she shook and rattled the bars of the kitchen windows beat against the walls and knocked long and loudly at the door all at once a dull indistinct noise was heard from within side the house eagerly and attentively la louve listened the noise however ceased my man heard me i must and will get in somehow if i gnaw the door away with my teeth and again she reiterated her frantic cries and adjurations to martial 
several faint blows struck inside the closed shutters of martial's chamber replied to the yells and screams of la louve he is there cried she suddenly stopping beneath the window of her lover he is there i am sure of it and if all other means fail i will strip off that tin with my nails but i will wrench those shutters open so saying she glanced frantically around in search of something to aid her efforts to free her lover when her eye caught sight of a ladder partly hanging against one of the outside shutters of the sitting-room hastily pulling the shutter the more quickly to disengage the ladder the key of the outer door left by the window on the sill of the window fell to the ground oh if this be only the right key cried la louve trying it in the lock of the entrance door i can go straight upstairs to his chamber oh it turns it opens exclaimed la louve with delight and my man is saved once in the kitchen she was struck by the cries of the two children who shut up in the cellar and hearing an unusual noise called loudly for help the widow persuaded that no person would visit the isle or her dwelling had contented herself with double locking the door upon françois and amandine leaving the key in the lock released by la louve the two children hurried from the cellar to the kitchen oh la louve exclaimed françois save our dear brother martial they want him to die for two days he has been shut up in his room they have not wounded him have they no no i think not i have arrived just in time it seems cried la louve rushing towards the staircase and hastily mounting the stairs then suddenly stopping she exclaimed ah but la goualeuse i quite forgot her amandine my child light a fire directly and then do you and your brother fetch a poor half-drowned girl you will find lying outside the door under the porch and place her before the fire she would have been quite dead if i had not saved her françois quick bring me a crowbar a hatchet an axe anything that i may break in the door that confines my man there is the cleaver we split wood with but it is too heavy for you said the lad dragging forward an enormous chopper too heavy i don't even feel it cried la louve swinging the ponderous weapon which at another time she would have had much difficulty in lifting as though it had been a feather then proceeding with hurried steps upstairs she called out to the children go and fetch the young girl i told you of and place her by the fire and with two bounds la louve reached the corridor at the end of which was situated the apartment of martial courage courage my man your louve is here cried she and lifting the cleaver with both hands she dashed it furiously against the door it is fastened on the outside moaned martial in a feeble voice draw out the nails you cannot open it otherwise throwing herself upon her knees in the passage by the help of the edge of the cleaver her nails which she almost tore bleeding from their roots and her fingers which were lacerated and torn la louve contrived to extract the huge nails which fastened the door all around at length her heroic exertions were crowned with success the door yielded to her efforts and martial pale bleeding and almost exhausted fell into the arms of his mistress at last i have you i hold you i press you to my heart exclaimed la louve as she received and tenderly pressed martial in her arms with a joy of possession that partook almost of savage energy she supported or rather carried him to a bench placed in the corridor for several minutes martial remained weak and haggard endeavouring to recover from the violent surprise which had proved nearly too much for his exhausted strength la louve had come to the succour of her lover at the very instant when 
worn out and despairing he felt himself dying less from want of food than air which it was impossible to obtain in so small an apartment unprovided with a chimney or any other outlet and hermetically closed thanks to the fiendish contrivance of calabash who had stopped even the most trifling crevices in the door and window with pieces of old rag trembling with joy and apprehension her eyes streaming with tears la louve kneeling beside martial watched his slightest movements and intently gazed on his features the unfortunate youth seemed gradually to recover as his lungs inhaled a freer and more healthful atmosphere after a few convulsive shudderings he raised his languid head heaved a deep sigh and opening his eyes looked eagerly around him martial tis i your louve how are you now better replied he in a feeble voice thank god would you have a little water or some vinegar no no replied martial speaking more naturally air air oh i want only air at the risk of gashing the backs of her hands la louve drove them through the four panes of a window she could not have opened without first removing a large and heavy table now i breathe i breathe freely and my head seems quite relieved said martial entirely recovering his senses and voice then as if recalling for the first time the service his mistress had rendered him he exclaimed with a burst of ineffable gratitude but for you my brave louve i should soon have been dead oh never mind thinking of that but tell me how do you find yourself now better much better you are hungry i doubt not no i feel myself too weak for that what i have suffered most cruelly from has been want of air at last i felt suffocating strangling choking oh it was dreadful but now i live again i come forth from the very tomb itself and that too thanks to you and these cuts upon your poor bleeding hands for god's sake what have they done to you nicolas and calabash not daring to attack me openly a second time fastened me up in my chamber to allow me to perish of hunger in it i tried to prevent their nailing up my shutters and my sister chopped my fingers with a hatchet the monsters they wished to make it appear that you had died of sickness your mother had spread the report of your being in a hopeless state your mother my man your own mother hold cried martial with bitterness mention her not then for the first time remarking the wet garments and singular state of la louve's attire he added but what has happened to you your hair is dripping wet you have only your underclothes on and they are drenched through no matter no matter what has happened to me since you are saved oh yes saved but explain to me how you became thus wet through i knew you were in danger and finding no boat you swam to my rescue i did but your hands give them to me that i may heal them with my kisses you are in pain i fear oh the monsters and i not here to help you oh my brave louve exclaimed martial enthusiastically bravest and best of all brave creatures did not your hand trace on my arm death to the cowardly see cried la louve showing her tattooed arm on which these very words were indelibly engraved yes you are bold and intrepid but the cold has seized you you tremble indeed it is not with cold never mind go in there you will find calabash's cloak wrap yourself well in it but i insist in an instant la louve 
who had quickly flown at her lover's second command returned wrapped in a plaid mantle to think you ran the risk of drowning yourself and all for me resumed martial gazing on her with enthusiastic delight oh no not altogether for you a poor girl was nearly perishing in the river and i saved her as i landed saved her also and where is she below with the children who are taking care of her and who is she oh dear you can scarcely credit what a singular and lucky chance brought me to her rescue she was one of my companions at st lazare a most extraordinary sort of girl and you don't half know how so only conceive by both hating and loving her for she had introduced happiness and death into my heart and thoughts who this girl yes and all on your account on mine hark ye martial then interrupting her proposed speech la louve continued no no i never never can what i had a request to make to you and for that purpose i came hither because when i quitted paris i knew nothing of your danger then speak pray do i dare not dare not after all you have done for me no for then it would appear as though i claimed a right to be rewarded a right to be rewarded and have you not already earned that right do i not already owe you much and did you not tend my sick-bed with unfailing watchfulness both night and day during my illness of the past year are you not my man my own dear man and for the reason that i am and ever shall be your man are you not bound to speak openly and candidly to me for ever martial yes for ever as true as my name is martial i shall never care for any other woman in the world but you my brave louve never mind what you may have been or what you may have done that is nobody's affair but mine i love you and you love me and moreover i owe you my life but somehow do you know since you have been in prison i have not been like the same person all sorts of fresh thoughts have come into my mind i have thought it well over and i have resolved that you shall no more be what you have been what can you mean that i will never more quit you neither will i part from francois and amandine your young sister and brother yes from this day forward i must be as a second father to these poor children don't you see by imposing on myself fresh duties i am compelled to alter and amend what is amiss in my way of conducting myself but i consider it my positive task to take charge of these young things or they will be made artful thieves and the only way to save them is to take them from here where to that i know not but certainly far from paris and me you why of course you go with me with you exclaimed la louve with joyful surprise she could not credit the reality of such happiness and shall i never again be parted from you no my brave girl never you will help me to bring up my little sister and young brother i know your heart when i say to you i greatly wish my poor little amandine to grow up a virtuous and industrious woman just talk to her about it and show her what to do i am quite sure and certain that you will be to her all the best mother could be to her own child oh thanks martial thanks thanks we shall live like honest workpeople never fear but we shall find work for we will toil like slaves to content our employers but at least 
these children will not be depraved and degraded beings like their parents i shall not continually hear myself taunted with my father and brother's disgraceful end neither shall i go through streets where you are known but what is the matter what ails you oh martial i feel as though i should go mad mad for what for joy and why should you go mad with joy because because it is too much what i mean that what you propose is too great happiness for one like me to hope for oh indeed indeed it is more than i can bear but who knows perhaps saving la goualeuse has brought me good luck that's it i am sure and certain still i ask you what is the matter and why are you thus agitated exclaimed martial oh martial martial the very thing you have been proposing well i was going to ask you to quit paris yes replied she in a hurried tone and to try your consent to accompany you to the forest where we should have a nice neat little house and children whom i should love as la louve with the children of her man or if you would permit me continued la louve in a faltering voice instead of calling you my man to say my husband for added she confusedly and rapidly for without that change we should not obtain the place martial in his turn regarded la louve with deep astonishment unable to comprehend her meaning what place are you speaking of said he at length of that of gamekeeper that i should have yes and who would give it to me the protector of the young girl i saved they do not know me but i have told her all about you and she will recommend us to her protector and what have you told her about me oh martial can you not guess of what could i speak but of your goodness and my love for you my excellent louve and then you know being in prison together makes folks talk to each other and open their hearts in the way of confidence besides which there was something so gentle and engaging about this young creature that i could not help feeling drawn towards her even in spite of myself for i very quickly discovered she was a very different person to such as you and i have been used to and who is she i know not neither can i guess but certainly i never met with any one like her bless you she can read the very thoughts of your heart the same as if she were a fairy i merely told her of my love for you and she immediately interested herself in us she made me feel ashamed of my past life not by saying harsh and severe things you know very well that would not have done much good with me but by talking of the pleasures of a life passed in hard but peaceful labour tranquilly within the quiet shades of deep forests where you might be occupied according to your tastes and inclinations only instead of your being a poacher she made you a gamekeeper and in place of my being only your mistress she pictured me as your true and lawful wife and then we were to have fine healthy children who ran joyfully to meet you when you returned at night followed by your faithful dogs and carrying your gun on your shoulder then we all sat down so gay and happy to eat our supper beneath the cool shade of the large trees that overhung our cottage door while the fresh wind blew and the moon peeped at us from amongst the thick branches and the little ones prattled and you related to us all you had seen and done during the day while wandering in the forests until at last cheerful and contented we retired to rest to rise the following day and with light hearts to recommence our labours i cannot tell you how it was but i listened and listened to these delightful pictures till i quite believed in their reality 
i seemed bound by a spell when she spoke of happiness like this though i tried ever so much against it i always found it impossible to believe that it would surely come to pass oh but you have no idea how beautifully she described it all i fancied i saw it you our children our forest home i rubbed my eyes but it was ever before them although a waking dream ah yes said martial sighing that would indeed be a sweet and pleasant life without being bad at heart poor francois has been quite enough in the society of calabash and nicolas to make it far better he should dwell in the solitude of wood and forests rather than be exposed to the further contamination of great towns amandine would help you in your household duties and i should make a capital gamekeeper from the very fact of my having been a poacher of some notoriety i should have you for my housekeeper and companion my good louve and then as you know we should have our children also bless their little hearts i doubt not our having a fine flock about us and what more could we wish for or desire when once we got used to a forest life it would seem as though we had always lived there and fifty or a hundred years would glide away like a single day but you must not talk to me of such happiness it makes one so full of sadness and regrets that it cannot be realized no no don't let us ever mention it again because don't you see la louve it comes over one like i should soon work myself up to madness if i allowed my thoughts to dwell on it ah martial i let you go on because i thought i was quite as bad myself i said just those very words to la goualeuse did you really i did indeed for after listening to all these tales of enchantment i said to her what a pity la goualeuse that these castles in the air as you call them are not true and what do you think martial asked la louve her eyes flashing with joy what do you think she answered me i don't know why said she only let martial marry you and give me your promise to live honestly and virtuously henceforward and directly i quit the prison i will exert myself to get the place i have been speaking of for him get me a gamekeeper's place yes i declare to you martial she said so oh but as you say that can be but a dream a mere fancy if indeed nothing were requisite for our obtaining the place but our being married my good girl that should be done to-morrow if i had the means though from this very day and hour i consider you as my true and lawful wife oh martial i your lawful wife the only woman who shall ever bear that title and for the future i wish you to call me husband for such i am in word and heart as firmly and lastingly as though we had been before the mer oh la goualeuse was right a woman feels so proud and happy to say my husband oh martial you shall see what a good faithful devoted wife i will be to you how hard i will work oh i shall be so delighted to labour for you and do you really think there is any chance of our getting this place if the poor dear goualeuse deceives herself about it it is that others deceive her for she seemed quite sure of being able to fulfil her promise and besides when i was quitting the prison a little while ago the inspectress told me that the protectors of la goualeuse who were people of rank and consequence had removed her from confinement that very day now that proved her having powerful friends so that she can keep her word to us if she likes but cried martial suddenly rising i don't know what we have been thinking of all this time thinking about what do you mean martial 
why the poor girl you saved from drowning is downstairs perhaps dying and instead of rendering her any assistance we are attending to our own affairs upstairs make yourself perfectly easy François and amandine are there watching her and they would have come to call us had there been any danger or necessity still you are right let us go to her you must see her to whom we shall perhaps owe all our future happiness and martial supported by la louve descended to the lower part of the house before they have reached the kitchen let us in a few words describe what had occurred there from the time when fleur de marie had been confided to the charge of the two children End of chapter sixteen read by celine major